This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. Hello. My name is David Poultney. I'm Presbyter at the Dunedin Methodist Parish. You can find us at Galloway Street in Mornington, Chambers Street in the Northeast Valley, and on Gordon Road in Mosdeal. We have a close relationship with the Tongan Methodists on Queen's Drive, St Kilda. Mornington services are uploaded to YouTube. Just check out Mornington Methodist. And there's a lot of material on the Dunedin Methodist Parish website. Today we hear again the familiar parable of the prodigal son. We hear it in our own particular context as Omicron peaks in our community and as a terrible war is waged in the Ukraine. All this we bring with us and remember in our prayers. Let us begin with words by Bill Wallace to gather us in quietness and openness. Let the inner and outer worlds be as one. Let all the opposites dance together. Let the mind reflect nature's interweaving. Let the heart know divinity within. Let the logicians experience rapture and the ecstatic value discipline. Let the rich find liberation from possessions, and the poor find liberation from oppression. Let the child respect the adult, and the adult the inner child. Let the image reflect the imageless mystery, and the mystery be perceived in all things. Let joy be the way and love its celebration. These are some words by Tom Sherman. Do you feel it? God's kingdom is beneath our feet. We live in the new creation shaped by God out of our brokenness. Do you know it? God's reconciling love in Christ has shattered our ways of viewing people. No longer do we label our sisters and brothers, we welcome them with open arms. Now do you believe it? God has made everything, including us, new, and sends us forth to share this good news with everyone. Our first hymn this morning is All Glory, Lord, and Honour.
Some words from the medieval German mystic Hildegard of Bingen. Don't let yourself forget that God's grace rewards not only those who never slip, but also those who bend and fall. So sing, the song of rejoicing softens hard hearts. It makes tears of godly sorrow flow from them. Singing summons the Holy Spirit. Happy praises offered in simplicity and love lead the faithful to complete harmony without a discord. And so we pray. Holy God, Word Shaper, you are not our accountant but our lover. You are not angry at us, but you forgive us. You are not our enemy, but the one who runs towards us with wide open arms, throwing states on the grill to celebrate our newness. Jesus Christ, shaper of our story. You travel to that distant country called out toward our sin to bring us home once again. You share your inheritance with us so we might be blessed. You know the famine of our spirits and fill it with your hope. Holy Spirit, life shaper, surrounded by your grace, we offer glad cries of salvation encircled by your constant love. We shout for joy enclosed in your comforting arms Nothing can overwhelm us. God, in community, holy in one, from now on we will remember our life in you. Amen. And the poem Love Bade Me Welcome by George Herbert. Love bade me welcome, yet my soul drew back, guilty of dust and sin, but twit-eyed love observing me grow slack from my first entrance in. Drew nearer to me sweetly questioning if I lacked anything. A guess I answered, worthy to be here. Love said, you shall be he. I, the unkind and dreadful, ah, my dear, I cannot look on thee. Love took my hand and smiling did reply, Who made the eyes but I? Truth, Lord, but I have marred them. Let my shame go where it doth deserve. And know you not, says love, who bore the blame. My dear, then I will serve. You must sit down, says love, and taste my meat. So I did sit and eat. Let us pause to acknowledge the partiality, the incompleteness of our love, and the way our hearts are hardened. We resolve to live with the bravery of openness,
to question and challenge our assumptions, to be more generous in our assessment and appreciation of others, may it come to be. May it come to a fullness and completion in you and me. Amen. Now, I'm going to say the Lord's Prayer. I invite you to join me in a version or indeed language of your choice. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours now and forever. Amen. Source of mercy, inspire us and keep us in mercy that we may be generous in spirit, brave in imagination, compassionate in action, that the way of Jesus may be lived out in and between us. We ask this in his name, for he is our dream of God and God's dream for humanity. Amen. Our next hymn is, Let Me Be Kind to You.
The Parable of the Prodigal and His Brother from Luke chapter 15. There was a man who had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of the property that falls to me. And he divided his living between them. Not many days later, the younger son gathered all he had and took his journey into a far country, and there he squandered his property in loose living. When he had spent everything, a great famine arose in that country, and he began to be in want. So he went and joined himself to one of the citizens of that country, and sent, who sent him into his fields to feed swine. And he gladly have fed on the pods that the swine ate, and no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have bread enough and to spare, but I perish here with hunger. I will arise and go to my father, and I'll say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me as one of your hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But while he was yet at a distance, his father saw him and had compassion, and ran and embraced him and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I know not worthy to be called your son. But his father said to his servants, Bring quickly the best robe, put it on him, put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet, and bring the fatted calf and kill it, and let's eat and make merry. For the, the, this my son was dead and is alive again, he was lost and is found. And they began to make merry. Now his eldest son was in the field. And as he came and drew near to the house, he heard music and dancing. And he called one of the servants and asked what this meant. And he said to him, Your brother has come, your father has killed the fatted calf, and because he's received him safe and sound. But he was angry and refused to go in. His father came out and entreated him. But he answered his father, Lo, these many years I served you, I never disobeyed your command, and yet you never even give me as much as a kid that I might marry with my friends. But when the son of yours came, who has devoured your living with harlots, you killed for him the fatted calf. And he said to him, Son, you are always with me. All that is mine is yours. It was fitting to make merry and be glad. For this your brother was dead and is alive. He was lost and is found. The story of the prodigal son, perhaps of power and poignancy as a family drama, which family does not have dramas? Those of us who have siblings can relate at least sometimes to the resentment felt by the dutiful older brother to his younger brother and his father. 
even in our wider unchurched culture, the term the fatter calf still has some resonance. Jesus certainly told great stories. Here is the son who, in asking for his share of the estate, is saying to his father, You're dead to me. Who then goes abroad and, after living it up, finds himself destitute. So destitute he ends up. Now imagine Jesus' hearers, how they just shuddered when Jesus said this. He ended up tending pigs and even casting jealous eyes at the husks and slop meant for them. In terms of a fall, for Jews this is about as far as anyone can come crashing down. He comes to his senses. He realizes his only chance is to make his sorry way home, throw himself at the mercy of his father, He cannot possibly hope to be restored to his family, but maybe, just maybe, his father might find him a place amongst the servants and agricultural labours. I'm not sure he's actually sorry, but he realises his survival depends on this. But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired hands have bread enough and to spare, but here I am dying of hunger. I'll get up and go to my father and will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me like one of your hired hands. So he set off and went to his father. He made his way back, maybe practicing that little speech over and over again. Wouldn't you want to be word perfect if you were him? But let's continue. While he was still far away, his father saw him and was filled with compassion. He ran and put his arms around him and kissed him. Then the son said to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and before you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his slaves, Bring that robe, the best one, put it on him, and a ring for his finger, sandals for his feet, and get the fatted calf and kill it. Let us eat and celebrate, for this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to celebrate. He couldn't even get those lines out that he'd practiced before he was in his father's arms. There he is being restored to the place, He'd forfeited. Now we can imagine a contemporary New Zealand father acting in this way, just utterly relieved to see his estranged child once more and to do anything to restore the relationship between them. But this is a story of another time and another place. The father in the story is a rich, powerful man. In many ways he had the power of life and death, over the members of his household. Such a man will not be standing by the roadside, peering into the distance in the forlorn hope his ingrate son who treated him so incredibly disrespectfully might, just might, think better of it. In every story Jesus told 
there is a character who tells us something of the nature of God. And in this story, it's the Father. And how does God act? There is a displacement in the Father's actions. He puts aside his dignity and status. He puts aside his right of vengeance for a mortal insult. He puts aside anything which distances his son from him. Then he humiliates himself by pleading with his angry older son. Could it be that this is what God is like? That there is this displacement at the heart of God, that God acts with mercy, that God waits and longs for our return, that the elaborate steamer theologians have crafted about the justice of God needing to be satisfied, they're just words. But more than a sense of wounded justice, God has a longing for an end for all estrangement. I guess then, if God is like the Father, here we are, the dutiful, faithful people of God, just a little bit like the older brother. Struggling with the truth that while we are loved by God, we do not have a monopoly on that love. I'm glad on this fourth Sunday in Lent there was a day where we can see the displacement of God. A day when we see God running to meet us, all of humanity sinking in the despair of guilt and shame, straight from the pig pens of life. God restores in us in meeting us where we are through love and in sacrifice. It shows the kind of celebration that God has when the estranged come home. Our challenge is to be like this, to be like the Father, like God who ran and opened his arms. Can we open our arms to the lost, to those who are bullied, those who are discriminated against for their sexual orientation, gender expression, ethnicity, culture, or faith? It is the mission of the church to open its doors and to go into our communities embodying love. Amen. Our next hymn is God of the Bible. Oh, 
Let's pray. And we pray thankful for the power of familiar stories. For this story of being lost and found. We rejoice in it. We find hope in it. We pray for those in need hope. We remember the people of Ukraine. men from both Ukraine and Russia in fear right now. We pray for people struggling with the wave of Omicron in our community, people fearful and uncertain of what the changes in regulation will mean for them and their safety. We pray for those we love. We hand all our prayers into the hands of God who stands there at the crossroads, welcoming, embracing us. Amen. And our blessing. God sends us forth to be reconcilers of the broken and oppressed. Jesus, our brother, sends us to welcome everyone. We will embrace the prodigal with joy. We will make a feast for all of God's people. The Spirit sends us with arms full of healing. We dare to bring hope to all we meet. And the blessing of God be with you, the Creator, Redeemer, and Sustainer of the world. Amen. I invite you to join me in saying the grace. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all. Amen. Thank you. This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.